to our latest Metrosite episode. I am Robin Garris, CEO and Principal Analyst of Metrogy, and today I am just delighted to be joined by Sam Wilson, who is CEO of 8x8. So first of all, welcome, Sam. Thank you so much, Robin. Thank you for hosting me. Thank you for having me. Love being on the show. Awesome. Well, let me start with a little bit of background on Sam and the company. Um, 8x8 obviously is a very well-known cloud-based communications provider. Um, it's XCAST service is kind of, it's, you know, what it's very well known for. Mm -hmm. um, it provides platform level integration of UC and contact center, something that everyone's uh, wanting to do and seeing benefits of doing. Our research is showing a lot of benefits there as well. So Sam was officially appointed CEO on um, May 26th of this year, but had been serving in an interim capacity since November of last year. Um, and he has held a variety of positions at 8x8. Um, most recently, CFO and Chief Customer Officer, um, and he has extensive experience in both the financial and technology sectors. I've known Sam for a long time, and he's just a, a great guy. So I'm really excited to talk to you today and uh, just share with the audience some of your wisdom and insights. Thank you. All Thank right. you so much. So let's start. You're obviously no stranger to the C-suite, um, you know, particularly at 8x8. Like I said, you've been CFO, CCO, now CEO, and... I will also mention that you served as captain in the as a captain in the U.S. Army. Thank you for that. And um, I just thought it'd be interesting to understand what you you know what did you take from your military life to prepare you for this position, and what about all your other roles that you've had in the past six years? You've had entrepreneurial roles, you've had leadership roles, you've done all sorts of things. You know, kind of summarize for us what have you what have you taken from all that to prepare you for this position? First, look, I have to give complete credit. Great question, by the way. But I give complete credit to the U.S. military. The U.S. military made me who I am. It taught me discipline, taught me leadership skills, and those kinds of things. Now, how it relates to being a CEO or a C-level officer, first and foremost, the US, you know, being an officer in the military taught me leadership. And mm -hmm. business is a team sport. It's, you know, we build software by people, for people, to accomplish people things. I mean, nothing streams people more in the contact center. And so whenever people are involved, leadership is instrumental. There's a few sub things. I try to lead by example, one of the key tenets of being an officer in the military. And I try to believe in sort of radical transparency, I think is the business term for it. But in the yeah. military, it was everybody had to know the plan. And so inside of 8x8, one of the things we really work very hard on is making sure that everyone understands what our strategy is, what our direction is, et cetera. Now, Vic Verma was nice enough to hire me into 8x8 for Mobile Iron. And I sort of had a number of jobs here. What that gave me was a lot of context about the industry and the various things that people go through. I've run mm -hmm. sales organizations, I've run sales engineering, so I know understand the go-to-market side. Mm -hmm. I've done deployments, professional services, customer support and those things. I understand the installed-based customer side. And then I was chief financial officer, which really was all about the money and the oh, business yeah. performance and those kinds of things. And so I'm pretty well-rounded in terms of all aspects of the business. I'm not an expert by in, in any of them per se, uh, probably finance the most since that's my yeah. original background. Yeah. But I, I really just think I know, uh, and, and my team helps me know all the bits and pieces about what's going on. And then we try to bring all that to bear. Look, the thing that almost all these jobs, the military, CC, et cetera, taught me, customer's number one. 
And, and the customer's always right, by the way. But the customer's number one. They pay the bills. They pay our salary. They pay for yeah. R&D. They pay for everything. And so we're very focused on our tagline, customer obsession. That's us. We want to be obsessed by the success of our customers running our software, doing their jobs. Not whether, like, I, I absolutely believe if we build great software, they'll be successful, and then they, in turn, will make us successful. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, um, especially in a, especially if you're being in a company that gives, that sells technology that helps companies serve their own customers, right? So, um I would say under your tenure as CFO now, 8x8 shifted its sales focus from UC first toward contact center first. And I will tell you that that our research totally supports that. Um, right now, we find that 43% of companies are buying UC and contact center products together. Um, and 67% of those say that contact center is carrying more weight in the vendor selection. And, you know, so you think at the same time, you've got... Um, in our research, 65% of companies had planned to increase, you know, CX spending this year. So obviously this move made, made sense long before that we even had the research to, to show that it made sense, right? So um, given that, how has that shift to CX first or contact center first been working for 8x8 in terms of sales figures? Are you, are you shifting, um, are you also shifting how you spend your R&D dollars as well? And um, I got a couple questions into this, but like, and do you see UC as a commodity? All right, so let me let me answer a bunch of things there, and and okay. then we'll maybe we'll sort of just go back and forth a little bit. So first up, one of the things that we caught starting in 2020, 2021, and I have no idea if the pandemic was part of it, yeah. was that corporations after twenty years of cutting spending around the contact center started increasing spending around the yeah. contact center. And and what what I liken it to is for twenty years it was all about acquiring new logos. It was about CRM systems and marketing operations systems. You know, Eloquia, HubSpot. You know, mm -hmm. Freshworks, Salesforce, Dynamics. So these were all the buzzwords that people were spending money on. And meanwhile, contact centers were being moved to developing countries and costs were being stripped out of them. And suddenly around 2020, people realized that retaining customers is as important as winning new customers. Mm -hmm. and especially as the subscription business model has become yeah. more prevalent. But really just reorder rates. Even if you look at a restaurant, the best thing you can focus on is returning customers. And so we noticed this uptick in spending, and that's when we started to re-engineer the company. At the same time, Microsoft Teams and Zoom really came into the UC market and started messing about. I mean, it's not really that we compete with Microsoft, they're a partner of ours, but they, they came into the market. And so it, it became less about voice, video, and chat for employee collaboration and yeah. more about really in, in that customer retention piece. The venture capital community has stepped up spending, et cetera. Okay. Oh, yeah. So you asked me a bunch of questions there about my, my sales. So we still sell XCAS, and each deal is generally 50-50, uh, okay. UC versus CC. So it's hard. Like, you're not going to see this big step up in contact center relative to UC because we're still selling the package. But the difference is to what your research shows is what our research shows is that the bundle is being led by contact center because there's more white space. So to answer your last mm -hmm. question, do I think UC is commoditizing? No, okay. but there it's gotten more feature complete. And so look, we, we have 59 countries. So there's still geographic. We have more, you know, we're blurring the lines between UC and CC with some products coming out later this year with our conversational IQ product that brings speech analytics to the yeah. parts of the business that are touching customers. 
but not using CC. So I, I think it matters still. I think UC is not going away. It's just changing and it's more feature complete. There's just much more white space on the contact center side. And to answer your question, yes. We have radically over the last year shifted R&D spending year, year and a half with Fuse acquisition into the contact center. 75 right. to 80% of our investments go into the contact center. And that's where, you know, based on your research, based on our sense, that's really what's going to drive the buying decision on go forward years. And so we've really tried to make a differentiated strategy around the contact yeah. center, really focused on our ideal customer, which is kind of that mid-market enterprise, um, right. and really put our dollars behind that. The other thing is I've actually just raw increased R&D spending. So if you look at the company four years ago, we spent nine and change on R&D, and today we spend 15% of revenue. So it's almost 4x increase yeah. in raw number of dollars. And you see it in the fact that we're launching ever more products now than we ever have, right? So that's that white space opportunity. And, you know, look, I think your research is spot on. I think your research is absolutely mm -hmm. spot on. Well, another research project, you'll probably really think this one's spot on. This is our Metro Rank study where we looked at, it actually it ranks companies in the CX space and you have to have a certain market share even to get into the ranking to begin with. And there's a lot of companies in the space, as you can imagine, as you know. Um, so just getting on the list is really an accomplishment. 8 by 8 is in the top five. Um, yet I would say there's probably a lot of companies out there that are not aware of the extent of your contact center offerings. So... I want to talk a little bit about what your plan is to get the word out more about 8x8 in the contact center in, in the coming year. It's a great question. And, and by the way, I think you're spot on. Look, I, I think the, the it's amazing. I mean, in, in look, in your survey, the part I'm actually most proud of is not that we ranked fifth. I think that's great. And I love that we ranked in front of Dialpad and some of the other players, Avaya and TalkDesk, et cetera. Yeah. It was actually that we maxed out the score on customer sentiment. That was actually the thing yeah. I was so proud of. And I sent to the entire team and just yelled at the top of my lungs, that's what matters. Make our customers happy. Yes. Um, your point, though, about our market awareness, absolutely an issue. We historically have been a company that sort of our market awareness was around UC, voice, mm -hmm. video, and chat for employee yeah. collaboration. And so we, we have stepped up our innovation days. Uh, we're doing a lot more field marketing led by what is our roadmap. We're trying to be more open as a company. I think somewhere along the way, we got a little closed-minded in terms of sharing with our customers the journey that we're going on as a company. So we are okay. trying to do more, hey, this yeah. is our roadmap. What do you think? We've launched customer, um, 8 by 8 customer labs. So as our innovation kicks in, we're having more and more beta sites. We're trying to involve the customers more and more. And we are going to do more around like big initiatives I have over the next, let's say, 12 to 18 to 24 months, I want to jumpstart our user communities. So I'd like to okay. see user communities throughout the United States and UK. Mm -hmm. And I'd really like to hold a ecosystem, product, partner, custom, you know, channel partner, uh, customer conference next year. That's something historically we haven't done, but I really yeah. want to hold it around that contact center space because I think we have a unique advantage. Since we have UC and we have CC, right? And about 60% of your customer interactions are in the contact center and 40% are outside the contact center. Mm -hmm. We have the best ability to see what's happening. And if we can bring that technology to bear, I think we can really improve customer experience as a whole. And so, but we're not going to do it alone. As I said earlier, business is a team sport. 
there's a whole bunch of our ecosystem partners that are absolutely going to be instrumental in helping us bring this vision to bear. Yeah, I mean, I think a conference is a great idea because you see a lot of um, everyone that I go to is certainly very well attended in the CX space, that's for sure. Um, and I like also what you say about customer sentiment and that being tough because it aligns very well with what you said at the start of our discussion today about how important that is it's to you. It's by far you know, the thing so. I'm most proud of, Robin. I was just yeah. so super proud for the team. Fantastic. So I want to shift a little bit to AI. Um, you know, it's, we can't talk about CX without talking about AI. It comprises um, a broad and in-demand set of technologies for sure. So where is 8x8's focus going to be for AI? Given, you know, you can't offer everything. You can't do everything. You can have to partner in some cases and um, then other things you might offer natively over the platform. But do you have a sense at this point as to where, you know, what type of AI technologies you're going to partner and where, where you're going to go, you know, natively on it? Absolutely. So, so we have a three-tiered approach. So in our contact center space and, and even over on the UC side, but our main focus for our R&D dollars is workflow. Hmm. So having a, you know, omni-channel, intelligent routing, UI, UX, and data and analytics, those four pillars. And those are really revolving around, you know, getting a case in, getting it to the right location, making sure the agent is fully enabled and the supervisor is fully enabled to solve that case and having the analytics around what was the case, why, how did it get solved? Meantime, yeah. those are some right? Okay. So step one on the AI journey is things that are common. Actually, I'm gonna do it in reverse. Step three is our ecosystem. So mm -hmm. we have launched, we launched it in July, um, technology partner ecosystem at 8x8. And we've got about 20 some, and I think we've got a waiting list of another 20 some that are going to be technology partners for MLAI. And I know this is gonna be radical, but I wanna be the platform of choice for next generation machine learning, artificial intelligence startups. Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, um, the venture okay. capital community has picked this up, right? So we yeah. estimate there's well in excess now of a thousand startups and a hundred billion dollars of venture capital allocated okay. around the contact center. And all of those need a contact center to ride on top of. And so I really want to be the choice. So we're building APIs, webhooks, and user interfaces that can be completely natively integrated. One of our research points shows that contact center buyers do not want to buy these technologies and have them as an island out onto the side. So imagine a really simple use case, a chatbot. Mm -hmm. The chatbot, even if it solves 80% of the cases, still can't solve 100% which right. means a live agent has to be involved. And so it has to be integrated into the workflows of the contact center. And that integration has to feel native. And that is absolutely our hope yeah. is that we can provide a framework that allows those new technologies to be seamlessly integrated. Agent so what are we looking for with our partners? Agent assist, chat bots, voice bots, health scoring, IT services, um, I'm doing this off the top of my head, you know, and, and, and all the things around those pieces. Okay. And then the, the middle tier is AI technologies that can be used by our ecosystem. So they're a shared service that we can supply to our ecosystem. So we first talked to OpenAI Open the week they came out of stealth mode. Okay. And we've already since deployed their whisper technology. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I have to be subtle here, internal to us. So we took OpenAI's Whisper technology for transcription, brought it in-house, so it's on our side of the firewall. I think one okay. of the big 
issues besides the island issue is security, privacy, GDPR, etc. around AI Absolutely. and all these cloud-based products. And so everything we do with transcription is inside of our tenant. It's, it's inside of our firewall. So it's completely safe and secure. We, we certify with compliance and certifications, et cetera. And so we're getting those next generation technologies, but we're getting it while it still maintains privacy. We're getting it while it's still secure and we're making it feel native. And it's, it's deeply integrated into the workflow of the contact center. So that's my vision. My vision is not to compete with the venture capital and all that innovation. And, and let's be clear. I'm a believer that R&D dollars equals innovation. The more you spend, the more you innovate. So if the Sand Hill Road crew is spending $100 billion and you look at us and TalkDesk and Five Nines and Genesis and in contact, whatever, combined, we're probably spending less than a billion dollars. So we're going to get outspent 100 to 1 or more on these next generation technologies. I think we should embrace them. I don't think we should go a native strategy. And I think that within right. five years, the contact center will look much like Marketo does today or marketing operations does today, which is a core platform that handles all the workflow and then tons of plugins that are customized for each uh, yeah. individual use case. I, mean, that makes I think you guys are at Metergy are going to have a full-time job for the next five to 10 years, helping customers figure out all this. Because if you're in the hospitality industry, the healthcare industry, travel, whatever the case may be, the, the, the configuration of the technology is going to be different. And that's what we want to provide to our customers. We want to provide the ability to take off-the-shelf technologies, yeah. stitch it together seamlessly, have it just work, and provide a solution that meets their desired level of CX. Yeah, and I like your your comment about just the, the level of R&D, because I think that makes a lot of sense, uh, your financial background coming through. But I mean, it, it definitely makes sense to build that platform on which you can leverage that innovation. And, and look, I just look at it at, if you look at, for example, we have Cresta or Awaken or Balto, these next generation, they do agent assist way better than I could ever do. I mean, I look, I'd love to claim that we don't. Like all we're working on is building the right gateways, frameworks, APIs, and webhooks. To, in, in UI UX to make agent assist work flawlessly, but they are better at it than us. And we, I love them. I don't want to compete with them. I want to embrace them. Excellent. So what would you say then is, is AI's impact on 8x8's revenue? So let me, let me come at it this way. Like we're, we're seeing right now, those who do not use AI will hire about 2.3 times the number of agents compared to those who are using AI. Um, in 2023. So, you know, we're seeing already, you know, pretty big impact on AI. I don't see layoffs yet. I'm not, I'm just not seeing that, but, but looking at future hiring, I think AI is making those existing agents a lot more effective and efficient. Um, but when you look at it from your standpoint, that affects concept, uh, the contact center license revenue, because mm -hmm. if, if, you know, without AI, I was going to hire another thousand agents next year. Now I'm only hiring 300, you know, that, that's, that's an issue. Um, for I mean, it's an issue for for you because you don't get as much revenue. So uh, from contact center licenses, that is. So where do you make up that revenue if customers aren't buying as many pure contact center licenses? Is it just adding on to the existing ones? Is it adding on those new AI functions that will you know make up for it or even generate more revenue? How do you see that? Because I think it's, we're fundamentally shifting what happens in the contact center right now. I totally agree. By the way, and, and so our, right now, the, the thing we're seeing in our early adopters of these technologies, about a 30% reduction. 
So I was trying to do the math in my head real quick. 2.3, 30%. Yeah, yeah. But I, I think you're seeing a little bit bigger number. It's fine. Um, so look, I, by the way, I agree with you. I think on the pure seat count, if the technology works the way it should, you should get higher productivity. I mean, chatbots should deflect cases. That's the whole point. Right. And, but, but now let's, I'm going to give you a little bit of a nuanced answer, a little bit of a long-winded answer. So I apologize up front. So first off, the labor market for contact centers, $220 billion. That's McKenzie's number, okay. right? So what technology has done better than anything else in the history of the human race has been replace human labor with machines? Mm-hmm. By far the number one thing. And so we don't fight this technology trend. We embrace it. Now, we're going to make up for it by selling you intelligent customer assistant digital, intelligent customer assistant voice, workforce right. management, PCI compliance, digital services, CPAS, et cetera. But yeah. you, you, like, you're, you're going to, number two is if done correctly, attrition should come down. Like one of the things that's most amazing to me is that in these contact centers that deploy MLAI, we're seeing a big reduction in attrition. And the average attrition in a, oh, yeah. a turnover is like 40% yeah. a year. I mean, I contact center people have to have one eye constantly on hiring, training, hiring, training, hiring, yeah. training. Can you imagine losing f- almost half your workforce every year? <laughs> okay. If we get all the rote job out, if we get all the, hey, I need to reschedule my appointment, if we get all that move to bots, two things are going to happen. Number one is attrition is going to drop. And I think that's a boom for contact centers. And number yeah, two sure. is contact centers will invest in their agents to make them tier two agents and tier three agents. And you know why I know this for sure? And that's my last point. We did it eight by eight. We deployed these technologies. We have them. We have a chat bot. We have voice stuff we're doing. We have health scoring, all these things. Mm -hmm. We have less tier one agents than we did three years ago. We have more tier two agents. We have lower attrition because a tier two agent, it's a real job. You can make real money. It could be a career. And yeah. number three, we have the highest retention rates we've ever had as a company. So like it works, but I'm not right. spending less in my contact center. I'm spending differently in my contact center. Okay. Okay. So when you think about the market itself, um, obviously very competitive. You know, you've got startup centering regularly. You've got, you know, your, you know, your longstanding contact center providers. Um, you know, you've got just all, all different innovative new startups, as you already talked about, how do you see yourself differentiating? So we break it into three buckets. Number one is the on-prem crew, the Avaya's of the world and the Cisco's of the world, those kinds of things, right? None of them have really invested in cloud. None of them are really set up for the MLAI revolution that's coming because they're not cloud-based technologies. They don't have data stores and data warehouses and training data sets and all those kinds of things. Okay. So I think, you know, if you're on one of those today, your your trick is when to get off, not if. Mm-hmm. When. All okay. right. Number two is I, I want to say the new emergence. Um, there's a whole crew of people who've made announcements. Hey, we're in the contact center space. Great. How much have you spent? Well, we spent like five dollars. There might be a video company that starts with Z and ends with M that really hasn't done much in the space yet so far, but talks a big game. Um, look, all of us and, you know, bucket number three in contact, talk desk. Five nines, us, Genesis, we've spent like half a billion to a billion dollars and 10 years building this software. This is not simple software you throw together with 10 scrum teams oh, right. in a year. Right? right. So I think there's a second bucket of new entrants 
Now, they're making the market very noisy with all their overpromise and underdeliver, but I think the marketplace will realize that. And then number three is the true competitors. So who do I consider my competitors? TalkDesk, InContact, Five Nines, Genesis. These are great companies. I respect them all. Um, and the way, the core way we're going to compete is with our ecosystem strategy. We're going to okay. be an open platform that allows anyone to come in. All the previous competitors I mentioned that sell in-house technologies that compete with the best in breed ecosystem products out there, and they comp their sales rep for selling native, they come up. So it's, I don't believe those companies are necessarily bringing the optimal solution to market. I think the optimal solution to market will be a, a series of next generation companies running on top of work uh, workflow that's just rock solid. And that's really how we're going to differentiate. I think once we've got, we've got them already, but once we get more and more reference customers that are deploying next generation technology on top of our contact center, more and more the market's going to come our direction. Okay. Well, let's wrap up with one more question. And um, I always, I always love to ask this question because I the answers are always so interesting. So um, if you look at fast forward to say early June, 2024, you've, you've been in this role for a year. Where does 8x8 need to be for you to consider your first year as a success? And if you can be as specific as possible, even with metrics, if you have them, like where, where you need to be. So historically, we've been known as an XCAS company. So 41% of our revenue is XCAS, which is okay. UC plus CC. I would love to see a double digit plus number where we're XCAS plus one, plus two, plus three. So... Look, we now, two years ago, this was a company that sold two products, UC and CC combined called XCAS. Today okay. we sell seven. UC, CC, CPAS, okay. workforce management optimization, PCI compliance, uh, ICE, intelligent customer assistant digital, the chatbot, intelligent mm -hmm. customer assistant voice, the voice bot, and additional add-on services. So we have eight things we can sell to customers. What we need to do as a company is show the marketplace the true power, the total cost of ownership and success of having a multi-product company. All big software companies sell a portfolio of products. We're now at the stage where we need to become a portfolio company. Most of our competitors are not portfolio companies. Um, some kind of are, some aren't, but that's really my number one success right now is to show that a strategy of an open platform around the contact center mixed with our next generation technologies combined solves customer problems. In the end, if we solve customer problems, everything else takes care of itself, Robin. I truly believe that. Yeah. I do too. All right. So I'm going to invite you back uh, at your year mark and uh, we'll, we'll see where you are on that, on that goal. Like to do what he knows it. I bring it up to him every time. And look, I, uh -huh. I just want to say the, the research you guys are doing is absolutely pivotal. I mean, we read it religiously inside of 8x8. We believe in it. We pass it around. I mean, I've got pieces of research on my desk from your company with 12 post-it notes stuck to it, 15 highlights, and a bunch of red circles around it. So look, just keep doing the great work you guys are doing. I think it's absolutely amazing. Well, thank you so much, Sam. I really appreciate that. And it's been a great discussion as always. I knew it would be. Um, so I thank you so much for uh, for joining us today and just giving us your outlook on 8x8 and just CX overall. It's a fascinating time to be in this industry. And I, I really look forward to talking to you at your year, Mark, and just you know finding finding out how you think you guys are doing and, and what the next year is going to hold for you. 
if I have a chance to catch up with you, I would gladly do it anytime. I'd love your insights. All right. Thanks, Sam. You have a great day. And thank you all for listening today. Thank you. Thank you.